Hey community, when you first start using tracks in worship, it can seem complicated, your team can be resistant to it, and there may be a lot of misbeliefs and misconceptions that you have about what it's like to run tracks in worship. Well, today, Terrell from Worship Together joins Matt McCoy to talk about five of the biggest misbeliefs that they hear from worship leaders who are starting to use tracks. We hope that you find this interview super practical and helpful because they tackle these myths and they give tips and solutions to help your team adjust to using tracks in worship. Enjoy the interview. What's up, Loop community, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com, and I'm the host of the Loop Live show. And today we have a very special guest. We've got Terrell Padilla joining us. He is from Worship Together. He's a worship leader. And he uses tracks, and we're going to talk about his five tips for using tracks, maybe what he wish he would have known when he first started. So we're going to just kind of geek out about all things tracks, talk worship leading. It's going to be a great conversation. Wherever you're watching this from, whether it's uh, YouTube, Facebook, type down your questions in the chat. Any sort of thing that pops in your mind, any question you have, type it into the chat, and we might answer some live questions as we go through this. So without further ado, here is Terrell Padilla. Hey, what's up, Terrell? Hey, man, how are you? I gotta say, we've got matching hats here. They are almost identical. Whoever designed these hats must have been the same person. <laughs> it's gotta be. All, all down to that, the established year, even. Yeah, wait, what year does yours say? Established uh, I believe it says 1998. Oh, man, says. you've got me by like 10 years, 11 years. You know, I, I do, but technically I was a, I was a, in, you know, junior high or so at, the, at that time, but I remember, you know, worship together. I was, I was a kid. You remember Columbia? Um, yeah. uh, it was like the CDs, you know, they'd send you CDs for like a penny, 10 yeah. CDs for a dollar or something. And one of the first CDs that I ever got as a kid was a worship together, Matt Redman worship together. Wow. Like a collection. That was, that was like 1998. Yeah. That's wild. I think my first memory of worship together, so I'm 37, um, was yeah, in like 2000. Okay. I think my first memory was in 2003 when they started doing the New Song Cafe. They did a thing called the New Song Focus Team or the Worship yep. Together Focus Team. Do you guys remember that? Or do you remember that? It was basically Focus. like Jimmy uh, – was sending out like these books of like new songs that they were just kind of testing at your church yep. to see like, yeah, that's right. And you'd write yeah. back and say like, yeah, this song went great. No, this song didn't new song. Fo- I was on staff at a church called yes, the Vineyard in Cincinnati. And I remember being, I was on the focus team and it was that's fun amazing. to hear these songs like way before anybody was hearing them. Totally. That's really cool. So, it's cool so what do you do for worship together? Um, so uh, I've been with worship together for about four years now. Um, came on, came on the team, helped with our uh, kids brand. We've got a, a kind of a division that's worship together kids. I nice. um, did that for a few years and then I moved into um, global development. And so a big part of what I do for worship together is um, help make sure our songs are in other languages, get getting them translated yeah. um, into other regions, other territories, and um, just helping expand and really resourcing churches um, not just in the U S but outside of the U S outside of yeah. that, I help with the video, you know, all the video content, everybody watches on YouTube. Um, yeah. wow. it's just, you know, I'm sure like, I'm sure like you guys we're a small team. And so we all kind of, it's all hands on deck all the time. Yep. 
All hands. Yep. Your guys is um. So are you helping like oversee like the posting of all those videos or like the shooting of them or the audio? Yeah, the audio, just the audio capture, the, audio. the um, the mix. So I've got a kind of a set of mix engineers that I work with, and we dial in mixes. Wow. Um, for the new song cafe videos. Yeah. So tell me, I'm curious, like how are those recorded? Are they like straight up live or is anything ever retract? They are straight up live. Wow. Every, every once in a while we'll have, we'll have someone ask like, Hey, can I just retract um, a sec? I mean, a section, you know, one yeah. word or, you know, yeah. um, a, a line, a line. but yep. uh, 99.9% it is, it is all live. We'll do, and we'll end up doing really not that many takes. Like we'll usually do about two takes of a song and then wow. what we have is what we have. And do you tune vocals at all? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, we'll do that. Into, I mean, I think yeah. like, we're, I'm we're having getting into, divulge we're getting all your but it's like, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, I mean, I'm a part of a church, you know, that uh, we tune vocals live, which, yeah. You know, that, you know, I know not a lot of churches do that as either, but we live in a world now where um, people are used tune to vocals, hearing tune vocals are the norm. Yeah, you're used to hearing them. I don't know if you've gone back and listened to like, I mean, all the old records that I grew up with that I love. Yeah. And yeah. you go back and I listen to these really good singers and I just, now I hear them and I'm going, you're flat the whole time. Yeah. But right. I, I didn't think that when I heard them, but now our ears are so used to tuning. So I think tuning is honestly, it, I think it just helps make the song more palatable in those moments. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've all seen the worship fails videos where tuning has gone wrong. Yeah. You know, where the guy has the setting on the wrong uh, key. Oh yeah. Half a half step off during a transition. Yeah. So, all right. So you're doing all that with worship together, but you're also a worship leader. And tell us a little bit about that. Like how long have you been leading worship and where do you lead worship? Yeah. So, um, gosh, man, I mean, like probably a lot of us that are, um, watching this, I I started just in my local church as a kid, you know, 13 years old and, um, our youth pastor needed someone to lead worship. So started doing that. I went on staff at a church. I'm originally from Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington, um, went on staff at a church. I was on staff there leading worship for about 12 years. Um, and now, you know, worship together, we're based out of Nashville. So my wife and I, our family, our home church is the belonging company, um, downtown Nashville. And so I serve on the worship team there, um, on Sundays, actually, um, in, um, I guess wherever, wherever I'm needed. So, you know, sometimes that's, uh, Sunday morning with adults. Sometimes that's, um, youth, our, our youth ministry. Sometimes that's kids, um, all over and I love it. And then outside of church, um, I'll travel a bit and lead worship and do trainings with worship teams as well. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife and I were just in Nashville this past weekend and we were there on a Sunday and we're like, well, what church are we going to go to? And it was between the belonging co and church of the city. And we ended yep. up going to church of the city. I have, I had never been to either of them actually. Um, yeah. So next time we'll have to come to you guys. And out. church of the city, uh, um, they are one of our artists worship together. We, oh, we, yeah. do, uh, we do their publishing. So, Oh, They're awesome. great. Love their team. So you've been using tracks for how long? Oh man, I feel like I was a, a fairly early adopter. Matt, I'll tell I'll tell you this. I we started using tracks before I even knew how to run um, like multi outs. We we would just yeah. we would print um, split split track CDs. Yeah. So we'd make the track, you know, we'd have click on one side, we'd have track on the other side. 
and we wouldn't do it for every song, but we would have our sound guy, um, you know, hit play on the CD player in the back at our church. Yeah. Wow. If we had a song that, you know, really needed tracks and, and we would do that. Um, but yeah. What so do you I, think that was? Uh, that would have been, I mean, as early as maybe 2005. Yeah. 2004. Wow. Yep. And you just press play on the CD player and you hop on the train and don't, don't fall off. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Oh yeah. And if the bass was too loud, it would make the CD player skip. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah skipping very, would cause a major problem if you're playing with the track. Very sketchy. Yeah. So, wow. And then where were you getting, were you making your own tracks at this time? Were you buying them yeah. from somewhere? Yeah, I was, I was making, um, I was making my own. I actually, one of, um, uh, just one of the, I think, I think he still uh, is a community producer. His name's Scott Anderson. You'll see his name pop up on yeah. Loop Community's site. Um, Scott's one of my best friends. And um, so we were making tracks. He would make for, he's a worship um, uh, pastor for his church. Our churches were on the same block. And we'd sit in the studio together and we would, we would make tracks. He's a great p piano player. So a lot of the tracks yeah. that um, he would make back in the day, he would do keys. Yeah. I would do the guitar parts and then we'd, sh we'd share them like, okay, we made it great. You use yeah. it for your stuff. I'll use it for mine. A lot of that stuff ended up on loop community as well. Um, That's awesome. Which, which is yeah. Crazy. But yeah, we were, we were making our own before um, there were any websites where you could download. Yeah. And then how did you get exposed to loop community? What was your first uh, experience with them? Yeah. So we were at a conference or I, I was at a conference worship musician magazine. They do this summit um, every year. I think they still do it. And um, it's in Seattle and I was there. It must've been 2008, maybe 2009. Um, I was there, but uh, Matt, you were there. And was it a really big church? It was, was huge. It small everything church? was, everything was like very timber. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Focused. I remember that one. Um, but you were there and you were teaching um, a session. So I signed up for the session. I'm like, this is great. Because at the time we'd been using, um, you know, our CD track system for yeah. so long. And we'd been doing it for maybe one song a set, maybe, um, if it really needed it. But other than that, we weren't even using Click, you know, at the time. And yeah. we had a lot of team that were very leery of the whole tracks idea. You know, we were a mid-sized church. So, um, yeah. You just have people that it's, it, you know, it, it's a big, scary thing, you know, right. It's, it's daunting to go, okay, we're going to implement tracks. And so I thought, okay, this is a good chance for me to sit. Um, and I just remember you did such a great job of explaining um, the purpose, the benefit of using tracks, the ease of use. Um, and so I went back from that, from that session, I went back with everything that you had taught, took it to our team. Yeah. Got everyone kind of on board, you know, and we started running, we started running tracks pretty, um, pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and then a few years down the road, live. obviously y'all came out with the looped miss pedal, which was a huge benefit for me. I lead from a guitar and, yeah. um, we didn't always have, you know, um, a music director that could run tracks for us. So looped miss was a huge help to me when it came out. Dude, do you have, have do you have the looped miss plus? The wireless one? No. We make it wireless now. Did you know this? No, that's amazing. I need to. I need oh. to get this. Let me pull this down. Look at this. That's this great. is a wireless version of Loop to Miss. 
And uh, you, you, this thing actually goes so far. I can't even believe. So I've actually had this connected to my computer in the basement of my house. And then I walked outside, upstairs, outside, out at the end of our driveway. It was still working. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Which is nuts. Also, the battery on this thing lasts a week. I mean, you'd be totally fine all weekend for sure with this just on. So Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, I am going to hook you up with a Looptimus Plus, all right? Dude, I, After I, this, I you're going to yes. send me your address, and I'm going to hook you up with a Looptimus Plus. Yes, I love it. So, That's great, man. And I, I'm, like, I mean, all the products. You know, I mean, now that I travel, um, the, the track rig really comes in handy as well. Yeah. Obviously, the app, the Prime app, um, yeah. is, is my go-to. So, yeah, okay, so... Gosh, I, I want to get to your top five tips for running tracks. But before we get yes. that, I just want to kind of geek out just a little bit and just know, like, so what do you, are you using Ableton at all anymore or are you using a mobile app? Yeah. Okay. So at church, obviously I, I mentioned we go to the belonging company. If, if you know that church, it's, it's a bit larger of a church. Um, yeah. So we're blessed. I mean, we're in Nashville, you know, so we've got yeah. the best musicians and the smartest people and they're, they're amazing. So on, on Sundays, whether we're in, um, youth or kids or adult service. Um, every, every guy's running Ableton. Uh, yeah. All of our MDs are our keys players. They're very smart, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. or we've got like an actual playback person. That's, yeah. that's their dedicated job is to run. And I think when we go into the tips, you know, I think I'll, I'll maybe mention that as well. Cause I know a lot of our churches were not at that place of the belonging company in, in Nashville, but I think there's ways to, to use tracks actually in a really beneficial way as well. Uh, but yeah. we're, we're Ableton, um, fully, but when I, when I travel, um, I, I use purely the prime app on my the computer or I'll use, I, I've even done it. I was at a church and just had the, the, um, set set up on my phone. Yeah. Cause that's what they had. They were like, you know, I was working with their team and they're like, Hey, we just plug in our, we plug in our phone right here. They had a little yeah. hook for it. I'm like, great. I've got everything yep. set up. We'll go ahead and use that and everything runs real smooth. And it works. Honestly, it sometimes works. just simple is just so much better, especially like if it's a chaotic Sunday morning and you don't want to have to totally. think about this stuff. Totally. And you know, that's the conundrum that we live in. You know, I think um, 20 years ago, man, worship leaders, in order to be a great worship leader, you you had to be a great worship leader. That was it. <laughs> Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, I think to be a great worship leader, you also have to have like an engineering degree sometimes or feel like yeah. you do um, to set up, you know, and understand and run your tracks. You know, most of our sound guys, they're volunteers and yeah. and they're looking to you to answer questions. And how easy is it to like take a, a track rig, plug it in and your yeah. inputs just pop up automatically to choose from in the in the prime app like it. It is so, it's so built for, I think, a worship leader's brain where, you know, sometimes Ableton or, um, other, other DAWs can be very daunting. So, yeah, it's kind of overkill for worship leaders and that's just because it's not designed for worship. Um, Totally. You don't need all those features. Yeah. Right. Which one quick side note. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we're completely revamping prime. We have a whole new generation of that app coming out this fall. So Amazing. Uh, it's like we're rewriting the whole app from scratch and it's going to be killer. So I'm here. Stay for it, tuned man. for that, man. All right. So you've been using tracks a long time and there's still a lot of worship leaders that, I mean, we talk to him. I talk to him every single week. 
um, who are brand new to the idea of using tracks. Like they are yep. completely new to the idea. They are at the place where they have to still convince their church to use them. They have to convince their teams to play with them. Budgets. They also are at a point where they don't even know technology-wise what to use, how to implement it. And so I thought it would be cool, um, since you have a lot of experience with this, what would be your five tips for running tracks? So things that you wish you knew when you first started using yeah. tracks. Let's give everybody like a 10-year head start um, in using tracks. So <laughs> what would you say are your five tips? Number one. Okay, can I can I do a maybe a little tiny switch up on you? Can I can I give you the five things, five my five misbeliefs? Perfect. That's amazing. That I have and then maybe a tip to help with that misbelief. Yes. I love it. Okay. Um the, the first the first belief is the click is making me worse. I, I don't know if you've heard that mm. yet. You know, people are like, I sound really good when I don't have a click, but as soon as I get a click, I'm overthinking it. I'm, I'm trying to stay with that click. I got off of the click. It, it makes me worse. Um, there's an old story. And again, I don't even know if this is true, but there's an old story about Tiger Woods and he'd reached like the pinnacle of his career. And um, right. his coach at the time told him to switch up his grip. He was like, I have a new, I have a new way for you to swing this club. Yeah. And he, he went for it. He trusted his coach and he actually went from the top, like the, the prime of his career, he did a dip for a while. Like people were beating him, this unbeatable man for like a whole season, yeah. but he's, but he stuck to this new way of thinking, this new way of um, new swing. And he eventually came back. He ended up breaking, I think all of his previous records went once he wow. had understood like that concept. And I think one of the first things that I had to really push through with um, our worship team, you know, um, 15 years ago or, you know, when we started using, um, tracks, um, was the belief that the click, the click makes me worse. Mm -hmm. Um, so the click, it, it may for a little bit, I think my solution for that, my tip for that would be don't put the pressure on yourself today that this Sunday, you know, we're, we're today's Wednesday. You don't put the pressure on yourself that this Sunday I'm going to use tracks if you never yeah. had before. Start implementing it with your team during rehearsals and mm -hmm. get everyone used to it. You'll have, I mean, it's, it honestly, it's fun when you don't have the pressure and you're, you're going out at rehearsal and you get to second chorus and everyone's getting excited, you know, it's building into the yeah. bridge and you get off the, you get off the click and you get off the tracks and you just cut it, just cut the playback and keep on running through the song. Yep. And just know that there's no pressure on Sunday, this Sunday, to have to do it. But next rehearsal next week, bring a track back and run it with yep. your team. Get people yep. used to hearing the click. Um, it's our guide, you know. When even when in those moments when I can't hear anybody else, that click is is my guide. And if we're all chasing that same guide, that same click, we just become tighter as a team. We actually become a yep. lot better. Um, and it may take some time. You'll have some times where you do feel like, oh, I sound worse. Yeah. And the click does start to disappear. Once you've been playing with it for a while, you kind of totally. don't hear it anymore because you're locked into it and it kind of just blends in with everything in a good way. Totally. Yeah. feels weird when there is no click. I love a click. Uh, I love a good click sound. Man. One of my favorite oh, things. Same. Same. So this is, um, it's kind of like learning to ride a bike too, that, you know, it can be, I mean, I don't know if you remember learning to ride a bike, but, I remember being very frustrated by it as a kid. Yep. 
But then once you get it, you like your parents can't even get you off your bike. Like you want to ride it all the time and you forever know how to ride a bike. And it's kind of the same way with a click. Like you're going to fall off the click a few times when you first start. But once you get it, you, it's like second nature. You don't even have to think about it anymore, really. And you'll never stop doing it. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, all right. This is worship leader Mythbusters. What is your Mythbuster number two? Um, this is probably my favorite. Um, clicks and tracks don't allow flow. Um, or the other way that I heard it said, and this was from uh, this was this is my first experience with this pushback. We had a drummer on our team, and he went to senior leadership when we started implementing tracks and he said the click stifles the Holy spirit tracks stifle the Holy spirit. He was very adamant about it. Yep. Um, And I think as, as laughable as that is actually, I I think there are, there are still, I think a lot of churches where we do have team members, you know, on our team that are like this, this makes us formulaic. It makes Mm. us, you know, follow this, this system. Um, and Matt, I mean, I think you guys have done such a great job again. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to overshoot my, my fandom of loop community, but like <laughs> with the prime app and being able to flow, I think the solution is knowing, um, that I can, I can take the tracks where God is leading me when I'm leading worship, where the Holy Spirit's leading me. If yeah. I am a part of the church that, you know, a lot of our churches, they, they'll just do the song, you know, front to yeah. back. Yeah. But if you're part of a church that has that flow or they want to, they, they want those spontaneous moments, it is so easy. You guys have made it so easy to um, just have those triggers. You know, with, we talked about loop to miss or setting up a, you know, a MIDI controller yeah. for your keyboard player to where when you give like a chorus signal or you yeah. start to lead back into the bridge, it's as easy as, you know, people are like the tracks can't follow. Um, right. A worship leader, but it's as easy as, any of your musicians following you when you, when you make a change, it's just that musician going, all right, let's, let's go into the chorus. Yeah, He's leading right. the chorus. Let's go into the bridge. Um, and I think knowing as well, um, I think there's a huge, and now this is, now this is theological. We're getting out of tracks just for a little bit, but um, to believe that the, that the flow of God is only spontaneous is a bit of a box for God. You know, he, that flow can actually be built here. I guess here's the question that I ask our uh, worship leaders that I'm talking to worship teams that I'm talking to is if God spoke to you to do a tag of this song and then a bridge of this song and yeah. go into a hymn at the end. And he spoke that to you on the Tuesday before the Sunday that you led. Is that any less God, any less God than if he were to do it in the very moment? Yeah. So I think our job as worship leaders is I, I don't want to kill the spontaneous moments. Those are so powerful. But I also think as we're building out, I know this sounds silly, but as I'm building out my set list and my tracks, I'm also asking God, where do you want mm-hmm. to take this service on yeah. the weekday that I'm building out? And that helps that helps that me to think into that flow of mm-hmm. uh, service. And now all of a sudden the tracks aren't stifling the Holy Spirit. Or, yeah, you know, right. That and it's all about kind of the operator in a way, uh, in that we have to remain flexible, that we can change things. Like in the mo- like you could actually press the stop button on the loop to miss and kill the click. 
yeah. and do like a down course or whatever it is that you're wanting to do or pray or, you know, totally bring back the bridge and then start the it's tracks again for the next set. skill set. Yep. Yeah. You can do it. And I think where things get stifled is when the operator refuses to be flexible and yep. will only stay to the click. will only play the tracks as it's set up in the timeline. But that's the beauty thing about technology now. You know, when you and I first started using tracks 10, 15 years ago, you did have to kind of press play and just jump on and, and go for it. But now yeah. you can actually loop a chorus or you can repeat a section or jump to a different s- section of the song. You can be totally flexible. Totally. So it's, so it's about the operator in that like, okay, are you willing though to be flexible? Can you, uh, can you leave the click, you know, turn the click off for like 30 seconds so you can do your down course? Yep. So absolutely. That was the other thing too I found is that I thought I was being really spontaneous and I wasn't really yep. like basically what I was doing spontaneously was usually like I would end the song and then I would play another down chorus. Yep. Just on my totally. acoustic. Or like, or, or tag a hymn acoustically, which yeah. is again, nothing changes if you're using tracks. I think, I think it's the easy, it's the easy way to shut down that next step of mm-hmm. incorporating tracks into, into your worship. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of an easy out because mm-hmm. of that fear of the unknown. Yeah. That's a big fear. But I think as you step into it, um, I mean, there's so much, you yeah. guys do it. You guys do it too. There's so much training on YouTube and yeah. um, so many resources now for worship leaders that I think are, it makes, it makes it doable. You don't have to yeah. have, you don't have to be an audio engineer. You don't have to yeah. have a background. In it. You can learn. You it. know, can I throw one more thing at this one? The other yeah. thing I've realized is um, pre planning my set list where I'm actually like picking the songs, but I'm also like pre-arranging like where my choruses are going to be or like, oh, I'm going to do a double chorus at the beginning and doing all yep. that ahead of time and having it set up so that when I press play and we go through it on Sunday, some people in, in a camp would think that that's really like stifling and controlling. Like you can't, you know, and how are you going to lead? How are you going to flow? But actually I've personally found a lot of freedom in doing that in that Same. kind of, pre-planning all of that ahead of time in the moment then when I'm leading worship I get to just focus on leading worship and I don't have to think about like oh how am I going to jump around to a different section of the song and use this controller differently or whatever I get to actually just press play and lead and really enjoy it and be focused and I don't know that to me it's actually brought even more freedom yes Um, absolutely and I think that's true to go back to the first point about incorporating tracks in general, I, I have found there's more freedom once you've incorporated. Um, and if it's, if, if it's purely a thing that's like, if this is the thing holding you back, the incorporating click and having all of your team, you know, play to click and tracks, I feel so much more free. Matt, like remember the days when you're like, we're behind tempo and you have to kind of like stomp your foot a little bit to like help the drummer. You don't have to do that anymore. Or if you start a song you know, in like, six eight and it's supposed to be four four, and you're just like, "Well, we yeah. have to just stick with this for like the next five minutes." Yeah, we, yeah, we're we're stuck, and so your brain is actually yeah. Prior to tracks, my brain was thinking about how do I keep everyone with me? Yeah, um, and incorporating tracks, incorporating click, and even people not remembering the arrangement. And tracks give you the yeah. cues; they whisper in everybody's ear, like, "Hey, we're going oh, to the bridge next." 
there's yes. freedom. And if you're a big group community slash Phil Wickham fan, yeah, there's nothing better than than Phil telling you where to go. Yeah, that's, there that's are, my that's my favorite fan. And especially yeah, especially if you're singing a Phil Wickham song, it's fun. We got to get some more voices yeah. in there actually. I would, I would love to love get people that. like Joel Houston or Chris Tomlin in there. <laughs> hey, um, let's make it happen. We will make it happen. So um, anyways, Mythbuster number three, what do you got? Yeah, Miss Mythbuster number three, my team should learn the parts. Mm. I, I've heard that a few times as well. Yep. You know, I would rather, I would rather, you know, I talked to a, a keyboard player and she was so set on, um, I can play all of the synth parts that I hear in this track. She's like, Um, I can do it all. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's wild, man, because um, yes, I think, I I, I don't think we should use tracks as a crutch. You know, Um, if you, if you've got a guitar player and you're really working on that guitar player playing the specific lead of the song, it can be deflating to go to that guitar player and just say, Hey, never mind." play the chords. I've got it covered with the tracks. Yeah. Still, still pastor, still coach, still train your teams and all of the additional stuff that they can't do have tracks, you know, have tracks be that. I think one of the mindsets we have to get, get over is again, if we talk about worship where a lot of us grew up or even how a lot of us incorporate worship in our churches, Worship used to be back in the old like vineyard early Hillsong days. It's like okay, there's a, a there's one acoustic guitar part, there's an electric part, there's drums, bass, yeah. and keys. Right. That's it. And now you know we're talking about having that sound. You know when someone comes into it comes into the church, I want them to hear excellence. They don't know all the details behind it. They don't know that every concert that they go to also has tracks. You know. Yeah. And, right. Um, you they don't know all those details, but what they hear, I want them to hear the same excellence that they would hear outside of the church. Yeah. Um, and in order to do that, I mean, if we're looking at stems of really any song nowadays, it's crazy, man. It's like, oh, synth 12. Yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed to play 12 synth parts? Well, I, I don't have to. I can use tracks to help fill out all the pieces that I don't quite have. And then yeah. I can play what I need to play. Um, so rather than my team should learn the parts, um, I would say, don't, don't let it be an and, or thing. Yeah. Let it work together. Still train your team, still pastor your team, um, work with them to become more excellent and more well-rounded musicians and use tracks to fill in some of those gaps. It'll help you. It'll, again, it's that freedom thing. It frees you up to focus on what you need to focus on. Yeah. And there's times too, when I don't use a lot of tracks, like maybe I just use a pad or I just use a shaker, but at least then we've got the click and the band cues to guide us through. So you don't have yep. to feel like you have to use a full band multi-track. You could actually just oh. kind of trim it out. Just use what you need to help what you've already got. Yep. And set up, you, can, you can so easily set up each song to yep. incorporate like what you specifically need. Yeah. That's a good one, man. I like that. All right. I like I like this. I actually uh, this myth mythbuster. All right, number four. What do you have for us on that one? That's good. Okay, so four is kind of similar. Um, I think it comes from a different place. Ultimately, they're they're really similar. I feel like we're faking it. Ooh, like I think there's a, there's a lot of teams and they feel kind of guilty. Like worship. Yeah, I've talked to 
worship pastors or worship teams and they like, I just feel like it's not authentic. You know, you hear that word uh, authenticity a lot and like yeah. to be authentic, we have to I already kind of jumped into it in my last point, but um, again, and I guess at the, at the beginning of, of our chat, we were talking about tuning live vocals. The world of music is so different nowadays. And yes. when we go to a concert, um, you know, Coldplay, a lot of people I know have just gone to that Coldplay tour. And, um, you know, last year we sat at the John Mayer tour and you're just watching that going, oh, this is amazing. But you're also, you also have to realize every concert that you're at, they, they're running click, they're running tracks. Yeah. Um, their vocals are getting tuned live. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate them for it. Totally. And there's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Whereas I think a lot of us have, I don't know if you remember, this was way back in the day, but that Ashley Simpson on SNL yeah. and, and she gets caught lip syncing yeah. and it was like this big gasp moment, you know, for the world of like, I can't believe people lip sync. That's awful. You know? Um, and I think a lot of times when you present the idea of tracks, um, to a new t- a team that hasn't done it before, they feel mm-hmm. like you just asked them to lip sync worship. Yeah. That's how they feel, right. but that's not, right. that's not really the case, you know? So I think it's understanding, okay, this is actually a benefit, um, to your team. It's not meant to yeah. replace. It's not meant to, for you to, um, you know, look like you're playing a part that you're not playing. Um, most people, they don't, they don't know it. You know, we actually talk, you asked the question and I will give this, I will give this away, but you asked the question if we overdub anything on the new song cafes. And I realized every once in a while we, we may throw in like a pad or a shaker in the background. Yeah. No one's questioning on those videos. No one's going, Hey, there wasn't someone with a shaker. You it's guys are a bunch of fakes. Yeah. They're just going, Hey, it sounded, it sounded good. It sounded That's really great. great. Um, yeah. So I think just getting over that belief of like, oh, I'm fake. And again, I think it comes down to um, almost like a musician pride thing of mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good and yeah. en- I'm good enough. I can do this myself. Yeah, you are. You know, that's yeah. great. I tell guitar players all the time, you know, you run into guitar players, acoustic players, and they're like, yeah. I don't use a capo. I'm like, okay, we, we don't need to rely on a capo, but pretty often, yeah. man, if we just get things into G and D shapes, your guitar is going to yeah. sound way better. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're less of a musician to use tracks. It doesn't mean you're less of a musician to use a capo on a, on a guitar. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at not thinking of yourself necessarily, but looking at just the excellence of the worship that you are creating, um, it's okay to use tracks. Man, that's a good one. And it kind of is a pride issue in a way of just like, yeah, I've got this myself. I'm good enough. I don't need tracks where you could look at it as, Hey, this is exciting that you get to use your computer and technology as like another instrument in your band and and it can help support what you're already doing. Um, That's a really good one. And I think that's actually a really big one, Mm -hmm. especially I hear that a lot from not worship leaders totally, but people who are in the band of a worship leader who's trying to implement it, like the electric guitar player or the keyboard player. Absolutely. And that's usually a warning sign to me of that tracks, the vision of tracks was not properly properly set up by the worship leader to yep. these people or they're using tracks yeah. wrong. So a great example would be worship leader comes in and says, Hey, we're using tracks now. Um, and then uses like a ton of keyboard tracks, like a pad and piano and organ and everything. And then the piano player is like, well, what am I supposed to play? 
and they feel yeah. like they're being replaced and they totally feel them it's, very, it's very deflating yeah and that's where the worship leader then is just not using it correctly they need to pick a part that the piano player is really going to play live and then mute that in the tracks because that can be really discouraging totally especially yeah especially when you feel like oh what what am i doing here i i practiced this part i learned it and now i hear it in the track i know it's not me yep um but i think it's that open communication i mean i will say i've i've made that mistake not on purpose or intentionally but um i have had moments where um you know with our team it's like oh they were playing something that that was also in the track yep. and if you have that open communication again this is i think just leadership 101 um, yep. And you teach that um, and that person feels comfortable to come to you. Yep. Um, I've had it happen, you know, where the guitar player walks up to me and goes, Hey, I, I hear what I'm playing in this track. And I'm like, Oh yep. my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yep. I'm going to mute, mute it. that I'll right now, but I am going to keep that really pad swelling guitar behind yep. you just yep. to help fill out the room, you know? And then they yep. understand, they understand that we weren't trying to like take over their role, mm-hmm. you know, that we're trying to create this as a support. Um, and then they they get more behind it. Um, yeah. I also think a big a big thing too, and this is again goes into leadership. Train some of your team to run to run your tracks. They will take more ownership of it as well. Yeah. Uh, don't let it just be the you show. Yeah. Tra- train right. people, and it's good, you know, because obviously yeah. we get sick or we go on vacation, and you don't want it to be like, oh, worship is only good when I'm here. Yeah. Right. Tra- train train your team. Yeah, that's so good, man. And I do think it's good practice that in rehearsal, every once in a while, turn and ask the keyboard player or turn and ask the guitar player, hey, is there anything in the track that we need to mute? You know, that's good. That's playing over you. And, uh, you know, they'll tell you if so, and then you can mute it. But it's just good to open that communication. That's a really great tip. All right. Number five. Final one. Um, and this is, I mean, again, I've talked about all your guys' resources, but I'll talk about them again. The, the final misbelief, I think, is this is so complicated. Yeah. And then our brain just shuts off. We're like, I can't do it. Yeah. I need I need a person. You know, we start to run through all the excuses. My my audio guys volunteer. Yeah. None of my band can do it. How how am I supposed to incorporate? And you know, in yep. in good intention, a lot of times you you go to a conference. And that conference is amazing and it's wonderful. And you get a chance to go sit with like a worship team and they're like, okay, here's what you do. You have a position for playback. And that person is an Ableton pro and like meet our guy. He's been an audio engineer for 20 years and he, he runs Ableton for us. And you just feel, you know, like Matt, I mean, most of the churches that you and I both serve are um, 200 people or less. Yeah. And we just, we don't have all those resources the, the big churches have. Yeah. Um, and I think things can feel very complicated of, you know, how do I do this? Um, I think it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like learning a new instrument. You know, you, you kind of reckon tracks to, um, you know, like adding a synth part or, you know, adding another, adding another instrument. Um, and you have to approach it that way, you know? So with the, Loopsimus pedal, which again, yep. huge fan of. I, I would highly recommend if if you are the guitar player and you you obviously your feet yeah. are free, your hands are busy. Um, I set that up in our church, and to learn that, I just scheduled times for myself to practice. Yeah, like I set up cue points, you know, of like 
let's just say I hit the end of this course and I want to flow back into the bridge and then I want to yeah. flow back into the course again and then back into the bridge. Um, let me practice leading worship and um, hitting these cues. Yeah. Um, and once I, once you get that kind of practice down, you realize, okay, it's not that complicated. You know, anybody yeah. that shows you Ableton to like a non-audio person, that would, that's just like opening up the vastness of space. Yeah. You're like, how, how on earth do, do yeah. I even begin to understand this? Um, and I again, huge start fan. There. Yeah. So uh, that's where I'm a huge fan of, I think of what y'all have created with, with, I think just the, the spectrum of it. Yeah. Prime, the, I can't say enough good things about the track rig and yeah. the Lutimus pedal or really any MIDI controller that you want to use to sync up. Yeah. It's a good way to start. And I actually love that the prime app is on your phone because you can like have it, you know, yeah. at home yep. or in your free time and kind of mess with things and get comfortable with using um, the set list. And you, you, totally. Yeah. And like practice. using all that content and, and breaking down like, okay, I want to re I want to do a different arrangement of the song. How yeah. do I do that? Yeah. Um, so I think overall, again, I know people probably heard this a lot, but if, if you feel like it's complicated, it really does not have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say take, find out what, what are the, what are the next steps that you can take right now to implement it? You don't have to be running, you know, I love the track rig, but you don't have to run eight channels out right now today. Right. You don't have to have an MD music director. You don't have to have a playback person. Um, what would it look like this Sunday? If you were to, um, download a song and use it, even not even Sunday, but use it for your rehearsal and get your team comfortable with it. And I think you'll find it's not as complicated now as it, as it used to be. And it's not as complicated, I think, as we've made it. Yeah. Technology has come a long way. It's so much easier than it used to be when you and I first started doing it. It's so much easier now. And you know, that is why our slogan at loop community has always been tracks made easy because everything we do is about making it easy for worship leaders because when i first started it wasn't super easy no and i'll tell you one of the biggest challenges that we've faced is you know the prime app has been out now for 10 years it just uh amazing just entered double digits and one of the tricky things with prime is that we get worship leaders a lot who say hey can you add this feature to prime can you make prime do this can you make prime do this And it's all these advanced features that someone can do in Ableton. Hey, I'll leave Ableton as soon as you add this feature and I'll use your app. And what we've had to really sort through is like, okay, could we? Yes. But should we? Because what ends up happening is Prime. I don't want Prime to become another Ableton. Now, if we could somehow make sure that the feature becomes stays easy and simple for the worship leader, then great. There's definitely things we can do to Prime for sure to make it better. But there's also a beauty in the simplicity of Prime in that Ableton is is very, very advanced. And that's kind of more of the complex part that we're trying to make Prime a very easy thing for a worship leader. Give the worship leader everything they need to run tracks on a Sunday morning. Nothing more, really. <laughs> totally. And, and again, going back, I think, to training your team, I worked with a team that they had one person that knew how to run Ableton. Yeah. And when that one person was out of town, you know, they were a volunteer. So when yeah. they were out of town or not on schedule or they were sick or whatever, whatever it may be, that yeah. team 
would try to use Ableton and something would go wrong or they just wouldn't use it at all. And they were very, they really relied on that one person. Yeah. And I actually got that. I got that team to switch from Ableton to prime um, because four people being able to understand and use an app yeah. uh, versus one person that knows Ableton is a much better system for excellent yeah. worship week in and week out. Yeah. Just easier. Those are great tips. I love those myth busters because those are all very common. I hear those all the time. Good. So yeah. Is, yeah. Same. Excellent. Man. Yeah. No, we're I, not making any of these up. These are just comments that have already been made to made yeah. to me, made to you. I'm always just amazed how far technology has come in just even the worship world, like even just in all things, worship leading things have gotten so much easier. I'll throw you this, this last story. I'll leave you with this. A couple weeks ago, I found an old songbook from when I first started leading worship. And it was, I used to print out music and put it in the songbook. You know, this yep. is like 20 years ago or something. And what I realized, what I found was that, do you know how like worship leaders sometimes have like, in, at praise charts or uh, planning center or whatever, you can now print out a sheet, like a piece of paper that has two songs on it. So like yep. two columns, but it's two, two songs. So that way you're not flipping pages so much, yep. which nowadays people are just using iPads and stuff. Anyway, I'm oh, already dating totally. myself. Anyway, paper, what's paper? Totally. Yep. But there was oh, a man, day when worship leaders had paper and you would choose like a two song option. Yep. Well, I found when I first started leading worship back in like 98, 99, that what I was doing, I was doing the real cut and paste. Like when you right click on a computer and do cut and paste, I was actually, I remember when cut and paste was a real thing. Literally, I would yep. print out a song, shrink it using a copier, then cut it out, use glue and paste two songs next to each other on a new piece of paper and then use that and copy that. That was like that, when cut and paste that, was we, for we real. Did the same, we did the same thing. That was my yeah. first job. Shrinking it down, seventy percent, sixty percent on the photocopier, so we didn't have to flip pages. Isn't that That's crazy? Funny. And it took so much but, time, but I remember really enjoying ago. it. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. It was, it was cathartic. Yeah. So you and I, man, like we should have like shirts or hats or something. Like I remember when cut and paste was was real. Yeah. I like really and cut analog, and paste. Analog cut and paste. Yeah. Man, Wild. the worship leader job has gotten so much easier now, I feel like. But I think maybe more complex in other areas. Uh, because the interesting thing about worship now, and I don't even know how to say this, but it almost is kind of back to your comment about Vineyard. It was just a lot more simple back then. And I think maybe people's expectations of it too were just lower in a way. Like, um, yep. And so the challenge now for worship leaders is like, okay, well, how do you keep this like professional, huge, like huge sound? And that's a whole new challenge that we didn't have 20 years ago. But anyways, yeah. different topic, Terrell. <laughs> I know. It's a different topic for a different day. Bro, it's been great talking with you. I appreciate you taking the time to join us on this Loop Live. Of course, man. These are great tips that are going to help a lot of worship leaders. So thank you so much. Awesome. I hope so. Thanks, right, man. man. We'll talk soon. Bye. All right. All right, you guys. Really great interview with Terrell Padilla from Worship Together. A lot of great tips there on how to get started using tracks. Uh, we went through kind of a um, top five track myth busters 
of things that you'll probably hear from people who are just getting started with tracks or maybe people in your team when you're trying to implement tracks at your church. These are all very common things. And we kind of talk about all these topics. Whatever it is that you that really stood out to you in this video, in this interview, I want you to type down in the comments down below, what's one thing you're going to walk away from this interview with? Or I would actually love to hear from you guys on what's a myth about tracks that you would like to bust. So type it into the comments and we'd love to hear from you. As always, we're a community all about worship leaders and supporting each other in the track world. So make sure you like or subscribe to this channel to stay tuned for other Loop Live shows. We have a lot of great interviews coming up, scheduled out for this fall, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for being a part of Loop Community. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.